Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Badlands Podcast, the only podcast out there that is 100% chiseled and is proudly part of the Chairshot Media Group. I am Mags, and uh, again with me, even though we are in uh, a lockdown, uh, he's, he's just turning up every single week. I can't keep him away. Uh, Mr. Paul Tellier, how are you, sir? What, what, what lockdown? I don't know what this <laughs> lockdown is, but my, 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 my head and my heart are still in 19, 1991. <laughs> wow, that was a horrific recording. For context, we're talking about something that's probably been uh, broadcast about six weeks ago. But uh, yeah, uh, the uh, recording we did with James for uh, the the 90s Wrestling Pod, watching the probably the worst pay per view I've ever had to watch in SummerSlam uh, Survivor Series 1991. Agreed. Uh, such a horrible, horrible, horrible show. Luckily, we get to like, um, watch uh, Tuesday night in Texas to kind of make up for it. Can't, can't wait for Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> well, considering this is a Tuesday night, we've actually got uh, a really special guest today for, for Badlands. Someone who's uh, been on the show before, but I don't think you were uh, uh, you were available when you first came on the show. Uh, I missed it. Was it was it the first lockdown? Maybe. Uh, yeah, I believe so. I think we just got we just started to get going into the first lockdown. Um, but yeah, this guy's uh, is I am in awe, absolutely in awe of this guy. Um, he just hit the wrestling community with the most amazing breakdown of, of wrestling matches and, and shows with statistics. He, I just could eat his content up all the live long day. Former podcaster, although that's kind of a gone by the wayside. It's a, it's the 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 brains behind pro wrestling muse uh, musings. It's Craig. Craig, how are you, sir? I'm doing very well. Try not to blush after after <laughs> your um your your introduction. Um, my my marvelous statistics, which is essentially just counting with flair. Um, but no, <laughs> uh, thanks very much. There's the name of your new podcast, Counting with Fun. <laughs> <laughs> 
So in, in case people um, uh, don't quite uh, know about uh, the content you put out, uh, let us uh, let us know about pro pro wrestling musings. It's, it's now kind of like transitioned into a website, isn't it? With uh, with all where you put all your stats and and your uh, your kind of like uh, opinion pieces stuff like that. So yeah, let let uh, let the listeners know a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so prowrestlingmusings.com. Um it's it's another one of those wrestling websites um, that you can't kind of turn a corner without bumping into. Um, but it's the idea is it's a bit different. It's looking at wrestling um, kind of through a sports lens or a statistics lens or kind of anything that's a little bit different. Um, so yeah, I I've kind of um, was trying to think of something that um, I might like to do in terms of kind of content creating after starting off just like rating matches like you know everybody else not that there's anything wrong with that um, and kind of from being a football fan somebody that's um, grown up playing way too many hours stroke days of football manager and um, kind of kind of went down well you could you could do you could do statistics for wrestling you could look at it like um you know, I, I always think of a, a Liverpool game years ago. I think it was Rafa Benitez was in charge and it was against Burnley and Liverpool had 82% of the possession. Um, I think at the time it was a record and managed to lose 2-0. Um, which Happy kind of, days. <laughs> kind of that sounds like classic Burnley. Yeah, pretty much. Classic. <laughs> classic Rafa Benitez, Liverpool era. Well, yeah, efficiency, absolutely. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of that, and it 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 works. Um, it's it, it does work. You do you do find patterns, and um, you you find guys that like Kota Ibushi that always gets really beat up in matches, but wins. Or um, Lance Archer tends to get less offense in matches than his opponents, but it's because every time his opponents get anything on him, they kind of do that flailing underdog baby face thing and so it's yeah you can you can definitely tell a story with it be it kayfabe or if you um tilt turn it on its head and look at like this is how this guy works this is you know how this uh oh did we lose him i think we may have lost you craig he may be just contemplating his next statistic. <laughs> yeah, we lost you for a second there, Craig. Hi, yeah. I don't know what happened there. Hello. You're back. Can you hear me now? You are back. Yeah, yes. You're back. Yeah. Okay. So you were going over like, um, how you find patterns and, uh, and, and kind of like formulas to people's wrestling. Um, yeah, so um, so was it before or after I was speaking about specific people? I think we got yeah, to Lance you, Archer just you about. You mentioned Lance Archer. Yeah. All right, okay. Yeah. Um, or you could, the other thing you can do is turn it on its head and think about it like um, non-kayfabe, this is how such and such a wrestler works or this is how this this match um, was, was structured. So it, it works both ways. Mm-hmm. 
and 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 you you did dabble in the world of uh, of podcasting uh, for for a short period. I was uh, uh, honoured enough to be on a couple of uh, episodes of that. Uh, how, what what was the 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 happening behind that? Because it, it kind of like just quietly went away. Did was it just a case of not having the time, or is it something that you just wasn't um, finding your groove with? Um, I didn't. I didn't intend on completely stopping that. I actually did two episodes of like a, a follow-up podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it was called Statistically Speaking for a bit. Um, and um, Dan, the excellence of procrastination he was for ages on Twitter. He's now expanding into wrestling poetry, which is like a niche within a niche within a niche. Um, he, he, him, and I were doing that, but we only did a couple episodes. And the, the main the main issue behind that is I'm um, I'm seven weeks away from having to look after having to look, look gleefully looking forward to looking after a tiny human, um, oh, and that was awesome. kind of yeah that kind of restricted the time and uh, teacher so I'm, all, I'm already kind of chasing my tail at times so yeah. the idea was to do a podcast but less frequent but it kind of um, just you know, winter gets a bit dark and gloomy and might be something we'll dabble with again, but uh, not not right now. Yeah, well, uh, I hope that uh, you, you, you you find your groove and find that time for it because I really did enjoy uh, wrestling with statistics. Uh, just having it on as, as almost kind of like background music and just listening to your breakdown matches and, and then... Uh-huh. Uh, when you start to point up on on the YouTube, and then you'd have the graphics up. Yeah, it was a yeah really uh, well done po- uh, podcast, and yeah, I miss it. So hopefully you'll be able to have, be able to bring it back in some form or other in the in the near future. Thanks. Yeah, that's that's always nice to hear. So you've been on this show before, so we uh, we know your uh, greatest wrestlers of all time. So there's not really anybody for you to add to the the collated Mount Rushmore. But uh, what we like to do when we have recurring guests is uh, throw a little bit of a um, an opening uh, curveball at them. So for you, uh, we decided to to find out what who your best wrestlers working today are, and I thought it'd be a little bit fun to compare it to what me and Paul come up with, because obviously we uh, very much do not dive into the statistics, so we can't give like definitive answers. It's just we'll give the ones that that we kind of like adore as wrestlers, and you can go, well, no, you're wrong, because statistically, this person is actually the best. <laughs> <laughs> so who are your Thank guys, you. uh, Craig? Who are the four um, guys that make your list? Uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna caveat it by saying that like it, it it is quite hard to attach statistics to like being the best they they can be um somewhat erratic there's no like x plus y equals you know whatever mm-hmm. algebra um my 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 guy my wrestler the guy that I gravitate towards all the time is Kenny Omega and like somebody else's statistics but like he's he's up there as having the best that it's kind of turns about but like he's always up there um on grapple that match with Okada Dominion uh the Wrestle Kingdom the other Dominion match it's all those are always like in the top five based on kind of crowdsourcing um you know people wax lyrical about Kenny Omega he's showing that he can do it 
um, on American TV. Uh, the thing that I think doesn't get said enough about him was he just like stepped into a tag team and had like the best tag team of last year, one of the best tag team matches ever. He's just like he's yeah he's just, he's 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 fantastic, and I don't I don't understand why um, it's almost like a debate at times about is, is he actually as that good? It's confusing. Great first pick. Uh, he's uh, he's certainly on my list. Uh, and for for essentially for a lot of the same reasons that that you uh, put across, he's the he was one of the main reasons I got dragged back into watching wrestling around five years ago. And yeah, uh, he doesn't put on boring or uh, not entertaining matches. It's 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 really really weird how he's got this skill of being able to just put on the very best match uh, of any show. So yeah, he's definitely made my list, Paul. Um, I haven't decided if he's on my list yet. Oh, shall we come to you last then? I mean, oh, so, are, are we, are we, take, are we taking one each? No, a, a list each. A list, a list each. Four. But are we taking it in turns, or, or? I mean, we can do it's. It's we we don't really play by the rules here, so <laughs> either. Or. I mean, I'm I've got mine, so I'm happy to to round mine off. Uh, Number one is Koto Bush. I think the guy's had an, uh, an outstanding year from uh, Wrestle Kingdom to Wrestle Kingdom. He's just put on uh, amazing performance after amazing performance. And uh, I don't know if you've watched it yet, but potentially, uh, Paul, he, he may or may not be the double champion. <laughs> oh, I've seen it now. I've, I've seen it now. Um, I, I, I appreciate that, though. Second, I've gone for Hiromu Takahashi. Um, since his his comeback again, ironically, uh, the 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 beginning of the year, he's just he hasn't missed a beat. He's literally fell into the same kind of a uh, uh, wrestling formula that he was in when uh, he he got injured, perhaps even more so, more death defying. So um, yeah, I think he he was one of New Japan's stars of this uh this COVID era. Uh, and I'm so devastated we didn't get the uh, Nato versus uh, Takashi feud that we were p- potentially going to get. And then my last pick, uh, obviously I've got Kenny at number three, who uh, we've literally waxed lyrical about. And then last I've gone for um, Kyle O'Reilly. I think uh, mm-hmm. out of uh, Undisputed Era, he's the best pure wrestler, uh, so multi-talented. And I think this this year we've really seen the kind of Kyle O'Reilly that we saw in the likes of Ring of Honor and uh, PWG, where he's, he's, he's kind of coming out of the shell of being under uh, Adam Cole's um, uh, wings and, and really coming out as, as his own wrestler and, and looks like a, a true title contender. So, yeah, they're the four guys who, who I've gone for for the best wrestlers working today. Good pick. Um, so- I'm, not, I'm not familiar with Kyle O'Reilly. Because I don't I don't watch NXT, but um, I I fully approve of the other picks. You're missing out. You really are missing out. He's so good. I'll have to. I'll have to. I'll have to. I need. I do need to dive into NXT a bit more. So we'll go back to uh, Craig then. Craig, you want to round yours off uh, and give Paul a little bit more thinking time? <laughs> sure. Uh, so yeah, uh, Kenny's generally my number one. Um, I made the good decision last year off of a couple of recommendations to check out Stardom, um, which I thoroughly recommend that you do. 
Um, Mayu Iwatani, for me, is the best women's wrestler in the world right now. There are other people like Io Shirai, Sasha Banks, that are doing great things. They have the unfortunate kind of difficulty of working for WWE that, you know, they kind of, they, they do their thing in a different way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> political. Um, so, yeah, she's, she's amazing. She's any, anything that you watch, she's fantastic. She's like, she's like um, Io Shirai slash Sasha Banks, but she gets half, um, 20, 30 minutes to wrestle and it's all wrestling. It's really, really good. Um, Kazutsuka Okada, I don't know what what was going on last year. I don't know if the story was really worth it. Um, I'm not doing the Rainmaker anymore. I'm just not doing it. Why not? Never told anyone. He just refused to do it, and he wasn't as good. And then he did it, and he was good again. I don't. It was it was an odd story. It made less sense than the balloons. Um, <laughs> but, he, but but he's amazing. He's he's you know he's the best final stretch in wrestling. The risk control drama is absolutely fantastic, and he's you know he's shown it like like he's he's back whether or not he was injured or he. He was taking a rest, or, or I don't know. He just didn't like the Rainmaker for a while, but but he's he's great again. Um, and number four, I really couldn't pick. I had Sasha, I had Io. Um, thought about Kosa Bushi, who's had a marvelous year. I've almost put Shingo in just to be a bit different because I just really like Shingo Takagi. And um, there was a bit in a match last year against Jay White where Jay White was doing his heel stick and. Um, he just laid him out with one elbow and then did like a relaxed pin on top of Jay White and just burst out laughing in the middle of a G1 match. He's And he's a worker and his matches are different. And that Jeff Cobb match was absolutely fantastic. So yeah, Shingo Takagi. So was it. was such a great match. Yeah, Shingo was one who I, I contemplated. I've, I've been a huge fan of his since he arrived in New Japan. I didn't really see a lot of his work pre-New Japan. I know he did uh, stuff in, um, is it was it Dragon Gate? Dragon Gate um, mainly, wasn't it? Yeah, but yeah, the guy's an absolute superstar. Really elevated that never tell. Yeah, definitely. So, Paul, have you, uh, have you come up with your... On the fly for greatest wrestlers working today. Maybe absolutely no surprise to anyone. Charlotte Flair is number one. <laughs> she's been back like about a week. <laughs> she's working today. I don't know if she's working today. I don't know if they've got a. I don't know if they've got a Tuesday show on this <laughs> this year. But um, um, what, what's to be said about Charlotte Flair that I haven't said already? I, I think I think she I think she. Uh, I think she, I do think she's head and shoulders above the division she's in, and and that division includes some incredible wrestlers in Asuka, Sasha Banks, Bailey. They're all they're all brilliant, but I just think she's I just think she's an absolute natural talent, uh, one in a million. Um, I can't say if she's the best wrestler, women's wrestler in the world, because I, uh, I, I I've I've never checked out Stardom or any or any Joshi wrestling, and, and I gather it's pretty good. But certainly, certainly, she's my favourite uh, women's wrestler of those I've seen. Uh, next, I agree on Kazuchika Okada. Um, I gather he didn't have a very good year last year, but I didn't see much New Japan last <laughs> year, so it didn't affect me. <laughs> but uh, he, he's, yeah, he's uh, he's kind of my, my favourite wrestler, my go-to guy, and I, I just think when he's not, when he's not the, it's almost like when he's not the top guy, it doesn't make sense mm. when he's not in the main event. Um, it, 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 
it, it just feels wrong. And um, yeah, I just thought his match against Osprey was absolutely fantastic at, at Wrestle Kingdom. My, my favorite match of uh, of this year so far. Um, for what it is, what for it is. And then I'm going to go to, I'm going to go over to, back to WWE. I'm going to go for Randy Orton. Ooh, interesting. Because um, he's just Mr. Consistent for about 20 years now. I'm not sure when his career actually started, but yeah, it's about 20 years, isn't it? Um, I think he could do anything. I think they can rely on him to do anything. He's doing amazing work with, um, well, mainly with Alexa Bliss now, isn't it? Not the Fiend. <laughs> <laughs> the Fiend's disappeared and, somewhere. And as a luchador with with uh, the mask on on this week's Raw. Yeah, exactly. So you could, could do luchador. He did excellent. You know, he's excellent with Edge at the start of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think Randy Orton's great, and and this year. Well, 2020 is when I, I think I fully started to completely appreciate him. Um, I liked him before, but I'm, I'm I'm starting to really get it now. I think he's pro- probably one of the greatest that are currently doing it. And then I'm going to go Jay White. Wow! So no Kenny. No, because you both you both you both went for him, so I thought I'll, I don't I don't even get a big head. <laughs> he seems to be getting a bit a bit big enough head as it is at the moment. Um. In storyline, I'm not. I'm not saying he's there. <laughs> I like Kenny Omega. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jay White, uh, best heel, best heel on the planet. Um, and again, I thought he, I thought he's incredible at Wrestle Kingdom. Even even though he lost to to Ibushi, he really he made that match for me. Yeah, it was a great match and yeah. great character work by him at the end as well. Like when he was uh, stretching to to grab the towels. Yeah. yeah, and then the the post uh, the post event press conference where he basically said, "Yeah, he quits," and the whole wrestling world is talking about it. So we still don't know. He's, he's just got this thing. He has amazing ability to to silence a crowd. I know that's not difficult at the moment to silence a crowd, but <laughs> but, but before COVID, he was very good at it. Yeah, four great picks by by all, and uh, yeah, for. Uh, three kind of different outlooks, but still absolutely amazing picks. Uh, but let's get into this main topic. Um, we decided that we would go with rookie years, so the Mount Rushmore of rookie years. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily have to mean the, the wrestler's first ever year in wrestling. It could mean their kind of breakout year with a, a, a new company or, or something like that. Um, so, yeah, we just thought we'd go with rookie years for wrestlers. So... Um, Craig, let's watch your first pick. Yeah, so I'm going to, I think this is within your rules. Um, the first one I've got is AJ Styles in WWE. Okay. Um, I suppose it could have also gone AJ Styles in New Japan, but I was thinking WWE when I wrote it down. Um, so the kind of the coming in in the Rumble, that, that kind of huge moment, getting, like he was, he, he came in as such a big star, he even got to keep his name which at the time was was hard to do because everybody that was signing for NXT was you know going through name changes. Um, he came in at the Rumble. He had those great matches against Roman Reigns, um, and then the second half of that year, he was like he was the he was the main guy on um, the kind of the newly the newly brand split SmackDown Live, um, and it's it's one of my favorite periods. To think back on as a wrestling fan, I really enjoyed that time where it was SmackDown Live and it was new and it was it was AJ Styles, John Cena, and uh, Dean Ambrose at the time, kind of at the top of that card. So yeah, um, AJ Styles. 
It's a, a great pick. I remember when uh, I was reading the news of him um, leaving New Japan and then signing for WWE, and nobody expected him to be in the company for for Royal Rumble. So when his when his number came up and he showed up, yeah, it was a massive, massive pop. And it's not often that WWE kind of uh, acknowledge that that wrestlers have made their name somewhere else, but there was no hiding it with AJ Styles. Mm. He came in and everybody already knew who he was. Uh, so, yeah, that's a, a really good first pick. It's, it's unusual that, that, that Vince knew how good he was. I, I, can, I can only assume, like, all the undertakers and people he actually listened to must have been telling him because mm. AJ Styles seems like the sort of wrestler who would go in and just flop just because Vince doesn't get it. Yeah, I, I remember reading a, a report, and I'm sure it was from somewhere that fartful that said Vince wished he'd recognised his talent 10 years before because yeah, he, he would does. have had him in the mm. company way before. Yeah, yeah so a great pick, yeah, and what, what a brilliant year as well. I mean, he rounded it off as, as world champion at the end of it, yeah. so you can't really say much better than that. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Um Think I think they also there's like a really critically acclaimed match against John Cena maybe at the Rumble just like maybe 366 days but um, yeah. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Hundred and Fifty. Then. Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Tyler, let's go to you for our first pick. Okay. I've got I've I've gone for um I read the rules differently. I went for actual rookie years. Uh, another week, another episode that Paul puts his own rules in place. <laughs> Is that elitist? Yeah, I think, I think you yeah. are. Yeah, you're a purist. <laughs> so I've gone um, quite recently. I've gone for Ronda Rousey. Mm. Um, so she, she first appeared in a, in a signed capacity at, um, at Royal Rumble in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, she didn't appear in the Royal Rumble. Obviously, uh, the Royal Rumble, first ever women's Royal Rumble won by Asuka. And uh, Charlotte and Alexa were at ringside, who were the champions. Um, obviously, they did their little face-off at the end, and then nice little surprise at the end. The the, the long the long rumored Ronda Rousey appearance in WWE, um, and yeah, it got, got massive pop straight away. And um, and she she'd she'd arrived, obviously, kind of a background as we all know in 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 uh, MMA, and was it judo before that? 
Uh, yeah, she was a, a I think Olympic silver medalist. I want to say in judo. Yeah. So, so it just felt like a it felt like a massive moment straight away because obviously we we had it was the first women's rumble. It was the main event. Um, and this kind of felt like the icing on the cake for kind of that women's evolution, as it was as it was branded, uh, to have someone so legit as as, as Ronda Rousey. Um, I think, I mean, the, the assumption based the assumption after that happened was Ronda would just go straight to WrestleMania and face one of the champions. Um, that's what that moment seemed to indicate, but it didn't. Uh, she debuted at WrestleMania um, in a lot of people's, including mine's match of the show. Um, where she teamed, tag teamed with Kurt Angle against Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. And obviously, wrestling fans being wrestling fans, that's quite hard to get that match as match of the night because people didn't like that Triple H and particularly Stephanie were on the card and Ronda had just walked into a WrestleMania match. But um, I think they had the crowd on in, in the palm of their hands during that match and she looked she didn't look out of place at all. Um, and she'd gone to win the match, uh, tapping out Stephanie. Um, and, she, you know, it was quite clear. Um, I don't know what training she had done, but she clearly could wrestle. She could, clearly could do it. She could clearly tell a story in the ring. Um, but also she brought she brought something different. Um, so she always looked like a legit threat, kind of like the, the fast punches she'd do and kind of all the takeover, like the judo takeovers she'd do. It, it was a completely different, fresh take on... Um, on on pro wrestling certainly in WWE I think um, so about four months later SummerSlam uh, she became Raw Women's Champion for the first time kind of squashing uh, Alexa Bliss quite easily um, and then she'd go on to to main event the first ever all women's pay per view um, Evolution against Nikki Bella mm-hmm. yeah um, correct yep yeah, again a m- month later um, to be she'd have what Obviously, I'm going to say this, but what I feel, feel was her best match against uh, Charlotte Flair. Um, obviously, it was supposed to be against uh, Becky Lynch, but Nia Jax had a week before made her famous by busting her nose open. Um, so Charlotte had gone in as the replacement, and uh, and she just um, you know, enraged Charlotte, and uh, who, who who beat her down with a vicious kendo stick attack and it was it was just it was just an excellent excellent match um like i said i think it was i think it's her best match of of her short career if 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 this year was all her career was um and and obviously this was this was kind of the beginnings then of what would eventually crown her amazing rookie year because this is where charlotte and becky and and uh and ronda hall kind of slightly coming together started altercating um mainly on social media to begin with um but then as time went on and obviously becky won the rumble they would uh they would uh have matches again have matches against each other and they had that amazing what like one of the best backstage brawls is there's ever been where they all ended up arrested and they were fighting in the back of cars and <laughs> police cars um and didn't, then yeah. didn't becky drive one of the police cars back to the shore to, to get on the show. Yes. Well. Yeah, I believe that happened. <laughs> <laughs> um and then it all it all built up um the, kind of the final the final day of Ronda's rookie year, if you like, uh, main event in WrestleMania with with uh Becky and Charlotte. Obviously she lost to to Becky Lynch, but it don't get better than that to, that that in my eyes. Um and I think she left the day after. 
Mm. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I might need you to confirm that, but I'm pretty sure her rookie year is her only year. Yeah, it is. Uh, she uh, was officially wrestling for 365 days, so she couldn't have have, have uh, timed it perfectly. And to to have a year going from WrestleMania to WrestleMania, and then being integral to having women ha- uh, main event in the WrestleMania, because I still believe if if she wasn't involved in that match. Uh, Becky would not have headlined WrestleMania. Uh, she was a massive, massive uh, part of WWE's push to making women the face of the company. So for all the the kind of uh, grief that she gets, I think she uh, she made huge strides for for women's wrestling. It's uh, a great pick. And I agree. I agree with you. As, as much as I clearly love Charlotte and and Becky, they they don't main event without her. Not not WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So um, I can't veto it because I had it as one of my picks, and yeah, I think it's a uh, it's an outstanding rookie year. Thank you very much. Let's see Craig's next one. Yeah, let's go to Craig for his <laughs> second one. Um, so I've gone slightly outside the box. Um, I didn't want to completely kind of abuse the rules and be like, well, everybody's first year in AEW was a you know, that would be ridiculous. But I've, I've gone with Darby Allen because his first year in AEW also feels a little bit like a um, a rookie year because, he, you know, he is young. It was it was his first, it was his rookie year on television, shall we say. Um, so, yeah, and, and I mean, he, he, he's also like, he's like AEW's main or first kind of homegrown guy, him, him or MJF, obvious, obviously. Um, again, I've gone with Darby Allen because he just he feels like a rookie, at, you know, his stature and the way that he fights and that as well. Um, but yeah, so he came in against Cody. They had that really good um, t- time limit draw, and then he was he's been pushed kind of really well since the beginning. Um, he got that match against Chris Jericho, and he's 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 already a proven draw. He's at the top of the cards. Or like you know, middling to top. But he's he's always he he's really broke. I suppose what I'm trying to say is like he's almost like him and MGF are the breakout stars of AW Dynamite. But Allen kind of feels more like um, the the rookie going in. And I, I know that it's just out with. So he came in at Fighter Fest, or was it uh, Fighter Fest or Fight for the Fall? And in that kind of weird period before AEW started when it was like they were having pay-per-views um, and yeah he's just I, I don't think anybody could disagree that he's really made an impact he came from nowhere essentially and I mean now he's he's a champion but that's like that's about five six months after his first year um, but yeah um, Darby Allen. Yep another great pick. It's a great shout a lot of people say a lot of people say he speaks to speaks to the youth. He's he's de- he definitely mm-hmm. appeals to them. I wouldn't know obviously anymore, but <laughs> <laughs> the, the, but the apparently first... he's he, apparently he's very popular with with the demo. With the, with demo. the kids, <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. I don't I don't I don't really get the the videos. Uh, I like the first couple, but now they're just I'm just kind of uh, yeah okay. Yeah. I don't I don't get them. Well, the first yeah, kind not. of memory I had of uh, Darby Allen was when um, 
Omega Luke interviewed him for his podcast, and he said that mm. he was he was like sleeping in his car, and I think that was about a year or so before he signed for AEW. Uh, so yeah, he's, I, can, I think it can definitely be counted as a rookie year, and and like Paul said, he's, he's kind of touched on that kind of youth demographic. Um, you can tell that they feel they think a lot of him because the people who they've put that TNT title on are big players and for him to be the face of TNT, to be involved in a storyline, not only with Cordy, but with Sting. Um, mm-hmm. My only issue with the guy is he, he seems determined to kill himself in the ring uh, with with, some, <laughs> with his movesets. It looks so, so brutal. But, yeah, it's a it's a, a, a great shout. Not someone I even considered, to be fair. And, uh, yeah, I wish I had now because it's a really, really good shout. When, when I think of... Um, sorry. Uh, when, I, when I think of Darby Allen, it's him doing those, like, really fast um, dives, but, like, through the through the bottom rope. Um, mm-hmm. He did one against Moxley, I think, and one against Sammy Guevara, which I think, yeah, it also backs up your idea of him maybe not being around too long. Yeah, so that's, How uh, old is he? I think he's, he's 27. I think he said on a recent uh, episode of Dynamite that the, the storyline between him and Taz maybe now months in the making, but for him it's 27 years because oh, wow. he was born to to like, uh, be a wrestler, something like that. So okay. he's really young in terms of wrestling. What are you going to say that that heartbeat at the start of Taz's music was actually like his <laughs> his baby monitor or something? <laughs> but yeah, that's a, a really good pick. Um, I'll go with uh, with my first pick on ours, Paul, and it's uh, I think I'm going to play to uh, to your um, your favourites. With my first pick, um, I'm going to go with Jay White. Okay. So um, definitely playing it safe on the veto front, there, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So on the fifth of November, 2017, uh, and after months of uh, little teaser vignettes, um, it was power struggle, and Jay White returned to uh, New Japan after. Uh, after his excursion, coming in as the mysterious Switchblade. Uh, I think he'd been on an excursion to, uh, was it Ring of Honor and Rev Pro? Uh, done about yeah. 18 months uh, abroad. Yeah. Um, and came in and challenged uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi straight away for his uh, Intercontinental title. Uh, a belt that, he, uh, that Tanahashi literally only just defended against uh, Kota Ibushi in a war. Uh, and before Tanahashi could give a, a definitive answer, he was attacked by uh, Jay, and then uh, it was announced the following day that that match would be signed for Wrestle Kingdom 12. Um, so making his uh, Wrestle Kingdom debut, unfortunately, was uh, he was not able to uh, best the, the ace of uh, New Japan. Uh, but 24 hours later, his, his stock in... In not only New Japan but in the wrestling world would would start that kind of monumental rise. Uh, he was offered a spot in Bullet Club uh, by uh, leader Kenny Omega, who was kind of hoping to uh, bring Jay in and 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 kind of settle the the infighting in in Bullet Club. So uh, after stroking Jay White's ego and kind of uh, telling Jay that he uh, he reminded him of a 2015 Kenny. Uh, Kenny pulled out a, a Bullet Club t-shirt and, and offered uh, Switchblade a spot in uh, in Bullet Club. 
So Jay put the shirt on and was like really, he looked really happy to be a part of, of the group, did a pause with Kenny, then signaled for his, uh, his finish of the Blade Runner. Hits Kenny with the move, leaves the ring to, after being chased off by a couple of members of Bullet Club and then throws the T-shirt away. So then the the next day we get another press conference and Jay White has agreed to uh, to join Chaos. Um, but he uh, he said it was not because he fitted in with the group. Uh, it's not because he particularly liked being in the group. It's because they had a common enemy with Bullet Club and he would, he would want to side with them for now. But he made it perfectly clear to Akada when the time came, he would turn on Akada and he would destroy Chaos from within. So we get to the end of January and, and Jay beats Kenny Omega for his uh, his IWGP US title at New Beginning in Sapporo. Uh, then he defended it successfully three times uh, against Hangman at Strong Style uh, Evolved, against David Finlay on a uh, Road to Don Taku show, and then even against Punishment Martinez in uh, the, the War of the Worlds cross-promotion uh, pay-per-view. That title, he would eventually lose to uh, Juice Robinson, uh, the the G1 special in 2018. And then uh, that's when he entered his his first G1 climax, where he got 12 points, uh, beating Okada. And he also beat the eventual winner of of that G1, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Uh, So Hiroshi uh, had to defend his uh, briefcase at Destruction in Kobe against uh, Jay White against Okada, sorry, and that's when JWAC came out and attacked uh, Hiroshi, uh, basically confirming his intention to challenge for the briefcase next. Uh, and this is when he also chose his time to to turn on Okada. Uh, so whilst he's laying into Okada, Gano runs out to defend his protege leader, but then we see... Uh, the chair shot that that uh, rung around the world when uh, Gedo hit Okada with a chair. Um, unfortunately, Jay did lose that that uh, challenge to Tanahashi. Tanahashi was really kind of his nemesis for the for the first part of his uh, of his uh, rookie year in New Japan. Um, but uh, Okada came out to stop the post match beatdown from uh, uh, Jay and and Gedo on Tanahashi. And that's when they were joined by Jardo and the uh, OG Bullet Club to absolutely destroy uh, Kazuchi Okada, cementing Jay as the new leader of Bullet Club, which is kind of like a real um, 360 compared to how he was offered the spot and he refused it. And now he was the leader of uh, of, uh, New Japan's uh, most popular faction. Um, so after that, he would face Okada at Wrestle Kingdom 13. So a little bit over the the, the 12 months, uh, but he would uh, he would um, beat uh, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi for the for the belt and and crown off just over I think 15 months old told of his uh, debut uh, time in New Japan, uh, becoming uh, a world champion. And rubber stamping one of the the greatest kind of uh, rookie years in in at least in New Japan uh, recent memory and, and potentially in in the whole of the wrestling world. So yeah, my first pick is a uh, Switchblade Jay Watt. Yeah, it's an outstanding pick. Not to mention that, that Wrestle Kingdom. How did he beat Okada? Fit was thirteen minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's and then after that he uh, he, he challenged. Uh, Tanahashi, I think he won the title at New Beginnings. 
New beginning, yeah. 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 And in that match with Tanahashi, pretty much, he like dominated him as well. Yeah. So, so like beating Okada in 13 minutes and then dominating Tanahashi, it wasn't like, it, 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 it was like really cementing him as the real deal. And the 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 storyline that he had with Tanahashi all the way through that year, where he just wasn't able to get one up on him, and then when it come down to the clutch and he needed to do it to to become world champion, he was able to to pull out the victory. Um, and it's led to arguably one of the greatest uh, heel wrestlers that we've got around today. Yeah, yeah, I can can't dispute it. I look forward to him coming out at the Royal Rumble. I don't know, <laughs> dressed, dressed as a Kiwi or a, or a <laughs> Maori or something. Can you imagine the scene? <laughs> well, so it stays on. I'm yeah, definitely. That. I thought that would be a, a quick beat off here, but that was great. amazing, yeah. Let's go back to you, sir. Um, speaking of New Japan, um, I have put down Kazuchika Okada. Um, for his rookie year in New Japan. So, like, um, counting rookie year in New Japan as his return from excursion. Otherwise, you know, it's quite hard to have a good rookie year in New Japan otherwise. Um, came back, beat Yoshihashi at Wrestle Kingdom, which isn't the biggest of achievements, um, poor Yoshihashi. Um, <laughs> but then he challenged, challenged Tanahashi, beat Tanahashi straight away for the IWGP title and um, big deal in Japan. I don't believe the Japanese fans were very happy about it. I think it was confusing for everyone. Um, but I think everyone would perhaps be surprised at just how good Gato's foresight was there. When you look back on that, it seems like a wonderful genius decision. Um, he did lose the championship back to Tanahashi shortly after at Dominion. Um, however, he then went on to win the G1 in his rookie year, um, beating Carl Anderson in the final, and went all the way on to Wrestle Kingdom defending the briefcase, briefcase um, but he lost to Tanahashi again. So, I mean, as far as um, as far as far rookie years go, that's, I don't know, I think that's about as good as it gets. Um, most prestigious title Um in wrestling, or certainly today, it maybe wasn't quite back then. And you know, G one grind, grinding it out in the G one. Yeah, and and a outstanding pick. And yes, I think I think both that him and the JWAT um, um, stories just shows how vital Tanahashi is to that company. Mm. Uh, I I mean, it, it's it's easy to kind of overlook him as as. The, the, the ace of New Japan, but he is essential for making wrestlers look legitimate. Definitely. I suppose it was almost, it was like his job for three years was almost to like get Okada to be seen as bigger than him. It's quite, it's quite a giving, a giving, quite a giving role in a way. Yeah, absolutely. He um, loves the company, doesn't he? And uh, hmm. that's, that's, that's what he wanted is, is New Japan to be the biggest company in the world. And and it, I suppose it's testament to him as well that when the New Japan are, are hit with a bombshell like uh, Kenny leaving, uh, the the one person they go to 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 kind of fall back on is 
is Tanahashi, and then then it, the title then can make the way to JY or to Okada or whoever. But the one kind of solid there who is always in that picture is is Hiroshi Tanahashi. I mean, I know you picked Okada, but it's it's led me to kind of waxing lyrical about Hiroshi Tanahashi. I'm sure he had a good rookie year. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, you say it's, it's difficult to have a, a good, um, proper rookie year in a New Japan. Do you remember them? What's the, what's the name of the massive guy? The massive young lion? Uh, it's Kitamiya or something, or Kitayama. Was this a couple years ago? Yeah. The guy with the teeth. The teeth, and he's just yeah. r- ridiculous size. Apparently he got injured. I remember like one day just being like, oh, what happened to him? I think he got injured, and he's and he's like done. Done. He, he looked oh, like he had a massive future, yeah. and I think he actually, he actually won um, uh, um, the Wrestling Observer Rookie of the Year award. Mm. But no, I didn't know. I didn't know where he disappeared to. I think that's one thing you can always count on with New Japan, though. They've always got a, a good crop of uh, of young uh, lions coming through. I mean, the crop that they've got now is. So, so talented. Uh, Gabriel Kidd is absolutely phenomenal. Yota Suje is a star in the making. Um, and obviously, we'll hopefully have a shorter back pretty soon. And I'm sure he's going to make a, a huge, a huge like uh, impact. Maybe not as huge as uh, Master Wato. That guy's going to be a, a superstar. <laughs> I can't stand that character. I really can't. He he's the only young lion that I've seen that looks like he was better as a young lion than he was <laughs> with, as with his character. It looks like he relies on the New Japan dads more now than he did <laughs> as a as a young lion. <laughs> I'll never forget when he was a young lion. He was on um, I think he was on Suzuki's team, and uh, Suzuki was pinning someone, and just inexplicably he came in and broke up the pin. <laughs> <laughs> it's one person you don't want to do that to it's Minoru Suzuki <laughs> he just levered him absolutely just... levered him they're on the same team <laughs> brilliant <laughs> right Paul let's go to you for our third pick and, and your second okay I am going to go for Bill Goldberg <sighs> um Obviously, let me, let me get my veto pick ready. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't think you can dispute this one. Uh, like Ronda, come, coming from a, a pro sports background, um, he was a he was a footballer. I don't think he did much in the NFL, did he? But he was an NFL footballer. Mm-hmm. Um, came into WCW and debuted in June 1997 in a in a dark match, dark match versus Buddy Lee Parker. Um, by June 1998, he was up in the region of of 100 consecutive wins. No one's really sure what the number is, but it was right about 100. Uh, And a run of matches, a run of victories that included two of the greatest wrestlers of all time in uh, Barry Darso and Ray Trailer, as well as Perry Saturn, uh, Raven, Scott Norton, Yuji Nagata. And, you know, majority of these matches were just minutes in length. Like we're talking two, two, three minutes, um, spear, jackhammer game over. Um, in fact, the, the, the first time he went beyond three minutes was when William Will Regal, um, decided to test him. I don't know if you've seen, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen this one. 
<laughs> where uh, William Regal decides he's not 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 quite gonna have the green Goldberg get all his own way and uh, <laughs> starts beating the shit out of him. <laughs> and Goldberg just doesn't have the cardio to go beyond three minutes. Yeah, he's uh, absolutely knackered. Quite quite the spectacle. Um, but, but but Goldberg won that one as well. Um, yeah, just then. A year of of pure dominance over over the WCW roster and just created an immensely popular star at that time. I think I, th- I think it's that year that is the reason he's you know main event in the WWE pay per view now. Um, that's what created Goldberg. I don't think anyone can remember anything beyond the streak. Um, and yeah, uh, it, like I said, it was very popular. It was kind of a, a big part of of. WCW gaining ground and taking over uh, WWF at the time in, in terms in terms of viewership. He won the United States Championship from Raven um, kind of within the first nine months of his career. Uh, an undefeated United States champion, he he uh, he would he would eventually relinquish it when he won the world title. Um, and it was just at the end of his end of his rookie year um, where, like I said, he was he was unbeaten, over a hundred victories, and he was just on the cusp then of taking on the NWO. And it was it was actually um, what one month after the end of his rookie year, so similar to Jay White, uh, he'd beat um, Scott Hall and Hulk Hogan on the same eve on the same night to become a WCW Heavyweight Champion for the first time and only time. Um, which I was actually surprised about. I didn't know it was the only time he'd, he'd won it. Um, and like I said, I think I think uh, that streak, that first year, that created the legend of Goldberg. I think that's the legend that that lasts to this day, and um, has to go down as one of the best rookie years of all time. I, I don't know if it's the the first ever unbeaten rookie year, potentially. Oh no, um, that'd be terrible, Ted, wouldn't it? He was <laughs> Un- unbeaten literally all his career. All of his career, like five thousand matches. But Goldberg's a close second to Terrible Ted, and and certainly had the same kind of wrestling prowess. Yeah, yeah. It's a. It's certainly not a pick I even contemplated. <laughs> not at all. Um, so I'm going to veto it. Oh, you can't veto it. It's, it's a proper rookie. It's a real rookie. You can't go replacing it with a. a Pretend rookie. Okay, that's fair. I mean, the, the <laughs> two that I've got left are both actual real rookies. So. All right. You better be terrible, Ted. <sighs> yeah. Bear. A fucking wrestling bear. Uh, He's a good wrestling bear. A very good wrestling bear. Uh, no, I'm going to replace him with Kurt Angle. Mm, okay. So... <laughs> Let's uh, let's go with the, the, the story of Kurt's first year in wrestling. So Kurt was hot off the heels of, of winning uh, Olympic gold medals in, in freestyle wrestling, which he actually did legitimately. It's not even a storyline. He did it with a broken neck. He had to have uh, painkiller injections uh, uh, into the, the his final uh, chauffeur to, to win the the gold medal, and he was actually offered a 10-year deal with the WWF, but he turned it down because he felt that pro wrestling was beneath him. So Vince uh, organised a meeting with him to try and convince him, uh, but unfortunately those talks broke down when uh, Kurt came in, and ironically, quite like Goldberg, he refused to ever lose Um So, yeah, Vince was like, nope, that's not how we kind of do things around here. Um <laughs> 
It was uh, 50, com- 50. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it was that he was convinced by a, a fellow Pittsburgh native, uh, Shane Douglas, to to attend the ECW show in in like the hopes of uh, attracting him there. He actually uh, gave an in ring interview and uh, did a little bit of a guest commentary on the show before uh, Raven attempted to um, crucify Sandman on an actual real crucifix which totally disgusted uh Kurt Angle and he threatened legal action if his uh his appearance on that show was shown on the same broadcast as the crucifixion. Um but one thing he did say in uh later interviews was that the in ring action uh gave him um can kind of help change his mind about pursuing professional wrestling. He 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 uh he thought that they were they, they look like legitimate athletes and the, the, the kind of work that you have to put in for wrestling, uh, it really kind of appealed to him. Uh, and that opinion was kind of uh, rubber stamped when he started watching WF programming on a regular basis and he became a massive fan of uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. So he uh, he actually reapproached Vince and and was looking to to sign for the company, uh, but Vince said the 10-year the deal was now not on the table. Um but he, what he did offer Kurt was a was a tryout, and that tryout led to a, a five year deal that uh, started in August of nineteen ninety eight. Uh, so uh, in, in August they, he went into uh, the the WWE uh, development territories, uh, and he was only there for for just over a year. Uh, many of his uh, of his trainers were absolutely astounded of how quickly he kind of transitioned into. Uh, pro wrestling from the the, the Greco-Roman style. So he made his uh, WF debut at the 1999 Survivor Series where he beat Sean Stasiak to start his uh, his legitimate rookie year with the company. And he remained undefeated until uh, until that uh, famous loss to Taz where he was uh, he was choked out in a Taz mission. Uh, but how many matches was that that defeated streak? It must have been two hundred. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think the it was about three months that he he went undefeated. Uh, but that that loss was was a mere blip on Kurt's uh, trajectory. And then in early uh, February two thousand, he won his first title, the European belt, which he uh, he won by beating Val Venus. And then he uh, added. Uh, another belt at the end of the month by beating Chris Jericho for the Intercontinental, making him the the third ever Euro Continental champion behind such massive names as uh, D'Lo Brown and Jeff Jarrett. A uh, really kind of esteemed company there. Unfortunately, would drop these belts in the same match at WrestleMania 2000 in a two-fall triple threat match, even though he wasn't actually involved in either of the falls. We had Chris Benoit pinning Jericho for the first fall, giving him the RC title, and then Jericho returning the favour for the European title. But again, this was another tiny kind of blip on uh, Kurt's, uh, Kurt's road to the top. He spent a little bit of a time uh, teaming with Edge and Christian uh, in a little feud with uh, Rikishi and Too Cool. Uh, he won the 2000 uh, King of the Ring in his rookie year, uh, again beating Rikishi in the final. Uh, he had a, a love triangle storyline with Triple H and Stephanie. Uh, he had a feud with The Undertaker and Kane. Uh, so he was a really kind of a lot of... Uh, uh, a, a lot of... Uh, 
thought was put in into an angle and really kind of pushed him quickly to the top of uh, top of the card. And that's when he started entering the title picture. Uh, he beat the the current WWF champion, The Rock, in a in a, a title match, but by DQ, and that led to um, the triple threat at SummerSlam. Uh, where the Rockwood was able to retain against Kurt and Triple H, so the the storyline with uh, with Hunter continued uh, with the pair facing off at Unforgiven. Uh, Kurt uh, lost in a no DQ match, but he then would join back up with uh, Edge and Christian uh, in the run into No Mercy 2000, uh, where he actually would face the Rock for the WF title in a no DQ match, and that's where he would win. His first world title only eleven months into his into his wrestling career with uh, WWF, and it was he would be then the first wrestler to be uh, WWF champion and Olympic champion, and then he uh, rounded off his rookie year at the the 2000 Survivor Series where he beat the Undertaker, uh, and is that with that he had arguably one of the best debut years in in wrestling history. So yeah, I'm replacing. Uh, Big bad Bill Gilberg with uh with the actual legend of Kurt Angle. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> no, in all fairness, he 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 did beat Val Venus and Chris Jericho, so he's basically a hero of the people these days. <laughs> so, so so you can uh, you can keep him. <laughs> Twenty years uh, on, and, he, and yeah, the, the storylines show that he was actually a, a face all along. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone the show Markle's route. <laughs> he was a visionary. He certainly was a visionary. Um, Craig, let's go back to you, sir, for your for your final pick. Um, so my last one. So I was I was going to have Ronda Rousey in, um, but then but then I thought of Brock Lesnar, and I can't believe that I didn't think of him first. Um, Brock Lesnar is quite um, quite prominent in my own kind of wrestling interest. Um, I first started watching wrestling like just after the Attitude Era, um, rather sillily of me. But there we go. We didn't have, we didn't have Sky <laughs> in the house until then. And if you live in Britain, if you don't have Sky, then you you know unless you went around at your mates' houses, you just didn't watch it. Um, so yeah, I kind of started watching um, after that. But it was essentially after Brock's rookie year. It was after the Angle Lesnar uh, WrestleMania, and then after um, University, um, I'd stopped watching wrestling. And then I, I watched the WrestleMania. And I think it must have been the Cena Rock year, um, and I believe. And then I watched the next Raw, and I believe that's when Lesnar comes out. I might be getting my timelines wrong, but I think that's correct. And I was like, oh, you know, well, Brock Lesnar, etc. Um, and that's kind of where I started watching it again. Um, in terms of his rookie year, um, you know, Lesnar came in. He he won the King of the Ring straight away um, when he was after he had some stuff with the Hardys before that. But he came in, won King of the Ring. He was put over strong by Hogan. He didn't have to uh, comedy throw himself around the ring like Shawn Michaels. And then he won. He won um, the WWE title at SummerSlam, I believe, against The Rock, like barely, barely six months into his reign, uh, his run rather. Um, and then he would he would lose it close to the Rumble. Then he would win the Rumble, going on to beat 
uh, Kurt Angle at that WrestleMania that I mentioned before, just kind of about 13 months into his his run. So in terms of um, his his rookie year, King of the Ring, Hogan, WWE title against The Rock, won the Rumble. Uh, I mean, like, just just you know, just give up, just go home, try something else. Why why bother? It's done. And that's Brock Lesnar's career. <laughs> when he wants to be involved, everyone else can forget it. Yeah, absolutely. And I say that as a compliment. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he's a massive favourite of uh, of us here on uh, on Badlands, and and that's why I've got to agree with uh, Craig, and he's going to be my la- he was going to be my last pick. Uh, and like Craig said, he went from WrestleMania, the Raw after WrestleMania eighteen to WrestleMania 19 and in that time he he did so much he, he packed a career's worth of of accolades into one year uh and the 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 ironic thing is he was actually meant to come out and destroy uh Stone Cold Steve Austin but St- uh Stone Cold uh point blank refused to put him over because uh, not because he didn't think that uh, Brock was a was a talented wrestler, but just because he didn't feel that they were, uh, the advertising um, and and the kind of the fact that it was on TV rather than a pay per view meant no sense, and it actually led to Austin doing going away and taking his ball home and and, and leaving. Uh, but Brock's Brock's uh, career first year was just absolutely outstanding, beating the likes of Booker T, winning the 2002 uh, King of the Ring, beating um, um, the Rock at, uh, at SummerSlam. He was actually 126 days into his wrestling career, and he was the world champion. The only person uh, who would come anywhere close to that in terms of uh, their time with WWF is uh, Ric Flair, who was... Um, who uh, was in the company for 113 days when he first won the world title. Uh, but what what that title also meant was that Brock was the the youngest WWE champion in in uh, wrestling history at 25 years old, and I think that record is still standing today. So it just shows 20 years on just how much of an, a massive impact he made. Then we got the all kind of a... Uh, the turn with uh, Paul Heyman and and Big Show, then again with Paul Heyman and, and Angle, <laughs> leading to that that uh, WrestleMania 19 match where he did the infamous shooting star press botch, and apparently in uh, in his uh, in his training uh, in the WWE develop, de- developmental, he he pulled that off all the time. It was a move that was in his uh, in his kind of wheelhouse all the time, and it was the first time he tried it in on WWE main programming and he, he messed it up but Kurt was able to carry him to uh to the victory and, and he left uh, WrestleMania with his second world title and ironically Kurt entered that match with another legitimate broken neck so the the fact that Kurt was able to carry a a, a guy the size of Brock Lesnar whose who's bell had been rung and he was just absolutely knocked senseless to a victory was was absolutely outstanding and another kind of little nugget of uh, information about that match it was the first ever Wrestlemania um, where the two wrestlers were actually using their legitimate like birth names so yeah my fourth pick um, well our fourth pick and my second pick was was Brock Lesnar as well Hmm. Was it? What, how, does, <laughs> how does um how does Kurt Angle have a different like neck to everybody? Like how 
How can you just have a broken neck and do these? I don't. Makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's absolutely baffling because even in his time in in TNA, uh, he didn't go and get the 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 net repaired when when he came away from WWE. He, he left WWE saying he wanted to go on like rehab, and then he instantly mm. went to work for TNA and he he wrestled pretty much all his TNA career with a broken neck. Yeah, the guy's a, an absolute machine. <laughs> He probably regrets Mad. that now. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> probably a bad decision. Uh, yeah, yeah, it must be embarrassing for whoever lost that Olympic final. Yeah, I think I, I, I saw his name as well. I think it's a Cuban wrestler. Uh, but yeah, Rocky the... Romero. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he had injections into uh, his, his spinal column just before wrestling uh, and winning the 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 medal. Just. What a star! What an absolute star! Amazing, yeah. Uh, it's it's kill. I'm st- I'm itching so bad to, re- to Are replace. Are you going to veto Badlands' favourite Brock Lesnar, someone who we've championed when everyone else has come on this show slating him? <laughs> we've stuck up for him, and now you're going to kick him off of a Mount Rushmore. It's a good point, but he was in FCW before, wasn't he? For a little bit. No, I, you're right. I, I can't do it to him because we are we are big supporters of Brock Lesnar, and I as much as much as I want to push Charlotte Flair on, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna have to put that to one side and do it next week. Oh, I hadn't thought. <laughs> whatever, whatever the topic is. Yeah. I hadn't thought of the NXT kind of four horsemen. They've all had. They're all kind of big options for that as well. Charlotte and Sasha. Yeah, yeah. Charlotte, uh, Charlotte, Sasha, and Bailey. I don't think uh, Becky had particularly a good uh, uh, first no, year. No, not much. No, uh, but I was, I was, I was going to pick Charlotte because, because she again, she was a, a legitimate rookie in her first year of of NXT, and kind of uh, uh, really did. Uh, it, it didn't show she she stood shoulder to shoulder with with I'm a great women's division at that time. Like I said, they had the four horsewomen. You also had Natalia down there. Um, Emma, so Tennille Dashwood was there. Paige was still active at that point in NXT. So a brilliant division. And like we're still seeing that feud, that four horsewoman feud paid, played out now, and we'll continue to see it played out for years. And the speed at which she took to wrestling, um, I thought was fantastic. But yeah, it doesn't it doesn't compare with Brock Lesnar's first year. I, I, I think the thing with, with Charlotte that makes hers even more impressive, though, is the fact that she didn't want anything to do with wrestling at all. Mm-hmm. She was like the yeah. furthest thing from her mind, and and then she comes in and is one of the best to ever do it. So Yeah. And I, I like how she she dropped the name as well. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone knows who she is. It's, it's a bit pointless, really, but it's still it's quite symbolic that she did drop Flair name until, mm-hmm. she, until she felt worthy of it. Yeah. It would have been a, a a great veto, but you couldn't have have, have took Brock off our list. No, nah, he's our man. He's our guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Craig, what we need from you now, sir, is a, a topic for uh, a future guest. What kind of a um, topic or kind of Mount Rushmore would you like to hear? Um, can it be? Is it is it all those people, or is it ideas? It can be any as long as there's some sort of tenuous link to, to <laughs> the world of wrestling. It's absolutely fine. I can remind you of your last uh, when you was last on uh, what your topic was, and, and we covered it. Did we cover it with foul? I think we covered it with foul original uh, wrestling's uh, genuine good guys. 
Oh, okay, so like Daniel Bryan, Sami Zayn. I yeah, and like, uh, like John Cena <laughs> stuff, people like Chris that. Chris yeah. Jericho. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't know if he made the cut. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> um, uh, like Mount Rushmore of your. Uh, I, I think it's too technical. It doesn't really fit, but like the first thing that popped in was like four things that you would like to change about wrestling. You know, thinking contracts Ooh. and healthcare and stuff like that. Quite a big topic, but interesting. I, I can tell you now, mine won't be as sensible as contracts and healthcare, but <laughs> I, I, I like the sound of the topic. Yeah. <laughs> ring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now you're talking my language. Right, so I think it's a really good idea for a topic, kind of like um, what we'd like to see better in wrestling, because it it does. And over this past 18 months or so, it has really yeah. kind of like pissed a lot of people off with the, the speaking out and and the way WWE books and yeah, and the kind of like the wars between fans. So yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of a kind of a room for some some out of the box thinking there. Yeah, you don't want to, have to like keep que- like keep questioning your morals when you're watching it. I suppose is something like you know when you're. Oh, do I have to turn the TV off now because so and so is here? It's just you don't want to be you don't want to be having to do that. Yeah, annoying. The the amount of kind of mutual friends I've got on on Twitter who, who are just turning the back on wrestling now because of mm. everything that's gone on recently. Uh, so yeah, it's a a very poignant topic. Something that will uh, yeah be interesting to debate with someone. So yeah, thank you very much for that. Um, let everybody know, sir, where they can uh, find you on Twitter, where they can find the uh, amazing uh, statistical analysis that you do of uh, of wrestling and, and all the content that you put on uh, ProWrestlingMusings.com. Uh, yeah, so ProWrestlingMusings.com is like the hub. Um, if if you do go on it and you like it, please sign up to the newsletter. Um, there's a, you'll, it's quite easy to find. Um, it goes out once a week and it kind of um, also keeps you update up to date with the the fantasy faction fancy it's like a it's like a wrestling slant on fancy football and um, but it kind of goes out each week to promote that but it also blinks in the highlights from the website so yeah it's just a good way to be up to date um twitter is craig pw musings and there's also an at pw musings which is more just the the, like the, the the stuff, the co- I always feel a bit big-headed calling it content, but yes, yeah, the, it's the absolutely content. content. It's, it's worthy of the term content. <laughs> yeah. I remember you putting a, a picture of your of the way you work out the the stats and and you can't <laughs> shorthand, and it just blew my mind. I was like, how does he understand any of this? Uh, yeah. So I'm, I am in awe. I really am in awe. Remember when you said have to write down the long codes to make Lara Croft naked? It, it kind of reminded me of that. <laughs> All right, okay. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a very it's a very simple. It's it's um the the way that I record it comes from old SmackDown versus Raw games. It's um squares and triangles and circles. It's it certainly leads to some uh, incredibly unique. Uh, content uh, mm. be- because there's a million podcasts out there, there's a million reviewers, uh, there's nobody doing what you do, and I think it's absolutely brilliant. And I will keep saying, uh, as as long as people will listen, 
a wrestling company needs to sign you up for that. Uh, they've they've, uh-huh. they've kind of got that that um, a similar thing with Chris Charlton in in New Japan. He's uh, good at kind of like breaking down stuff like that. But uh, certainly someone like AEW or, or WWE could could really use your uh, statistical prowess. Absolutely, absolutely. What I want to see is like maybe in ten years' time, if you've got that amount of commitment in you, like a book where you like. Oh. You, you, like, you look at like the 10 most um, apparent te- mm. statistical trends you've spotted over the decade and then uh, yeah, yeah I do I do want to do stuff like that like um, so like I do want to organise it enough so I have like what's the average New Japan match look like what's the average AEW match look like what was 90s wrestling like what was such and such um, I'm just a bit I'm a bit scattergun in my approach at times so but yeah that that would that's that would be very interesting um just don't know if i'm um, if i've got the kind of i don't know uh structure structure to do that but yeah hopefully maybe (laughs) (laughs) paul's only saying that because he wants new new quiz fodder he's he's sick of Ah. uh, reverting to his uh his uh, trusted wwe encyclopedia exactly it's it's the only (laughs) book i've read over the last seven years (laughs) i need i need some new bedside material (laughs) yeah uh, no it's it's stuff like that it's it's yeah it's a cool idea just uh I'd, so I'd certainly buy it. Time, time I would absolutely buy that book. Just do, just do it for me, me and Paul. Just do us a copy. <laughs> <laughs> just two. <laughs> yeah, just two copies. Uh, no, but I think it's a great idea, and I think you you um, you don't give yourself enough credit because you are doing amazing content. You really are. I, I do. I think it's good. I do think it's good. It's just you know you kind of one day you think it's really good, and the next day you're like, oh. This is pointless what am i doing um but yeah it's uh, i think it's i'm still i still believe in it and think it's worthwhile and stuff so we're gonna plug away and see what i can do with it and i've got, got some kind of people that often will write about it and stuff like that so that's that's uh, quite a, that's another thing if people do want to create content it's it's so much better if you just um i did it all by myself at first and it, the website was just like all my stuff but as soon as you like just do it even if it's tenuously with other people it just it makes it feel more of a thing more of a real thing rather than just something you're plugging way up on your own yeah i agree and and the mindset about kind of uh believing that you're doing something really cool and then uh hating it the 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 day after i bet that's paul's feeling i'm coming on badlands with me when i when i give him abuse (laughs) <laughs> it's, 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 it's when i'm agonizing over my research and it's five minutes till podcast time and I'm like, why the hell am i doing this <laughs> anyway paul it's your favorite time of, of the podcast oh, yeah, this is the other time i feel like that <laughs> <laughs> well if, if, if you want if you want to see any content that's not worthwhile you can always follow me at on twitter at raincounter um you can follow Darren uh, Mags at Dej Kirkby, D-E-J Kirkby. Or you can follow us both at Badlands Pod. And if you want to hear more um, excellent podcasts from from either us or, or, or other people, you can uh, you can go to your favorite podcast provider and you can um, subscribe to Five Nerds Go. 
um, shooting the sports-ish, Visionaries Global Media and Cheershot Radio. And Cheershot Radio is where you'll find us every Thursday with a brand new episode of Badlands. Until then, um, please stay safe. Always use your head and your face mask and take care. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.